Welcome to Season 7, Episode 5 of The Versatile Writer, the podcast that aims to provide help and support for like-minded writers. And I probably throw in a few tips too. This week's episode looks at characters, and it's part two. In the first part, we covered names, meanings of names, behaviours, name spellings and genres, and I've shared several of my character names too, their meanings and reasons behind the meanings, and my thoughts on types of names for specific genres. That was episode one of season seven. Go check it out. In this part, I'm covering family trees and skills. Accents may creep in too. It's worth a mention here that the majority of my podcasts are based on my experience and my own opinion. Yours may and will vary. Before I get into it, I'm sitting next to an open window and traffic is going by and birds are singing and flapping and flying, so you'll probably hear something. I actually quite like that kind of thing in a podcast, though. It it makes it a little bit more realistic, quite raw. And while polished podcasts are wonderful, it's not the way I tend to do things. So if you like a little more of a raw podcast, you've come to the right place. Let's take a look at family trees. Most of the time, when I create a character, it's likely to be for a story within a genre that fully covers relationships. That's not to say it will always be romance, but generally romance does have a role to play. In the past, I've written in other genres. Romance did creep in somewhere. Therefore, relationships are my thing, and that includes relationships within the family too. After all, for most of us, the relationship we have with our families gives us a foundation for the relationships we make later in our lives. Family trees connect to character creation when I'm looking deep into the process. I like to have an idea where I'm going or what I'm going to make them do or what situation they're going to find themselves in. Most of this will mould the story in the way I want it to go. For most people, they have parents. They may have a mother and a father and possibly siblings. They may have cousins, aunts and uncles, grandparents. All these connections with the central person creates many different kinds of relationships. Generally, you wouldn't have the same relationship with a sibling or a cousin than you would with a grandparent, and you wouldn't have the same relationship with your father as you would with your mother. Furthermore, how you behave with an external person, external as in a person not from your family unit, is different again. So these different connections become foundations for how you'll create a relationship on the page between your protagonist and a possible love interest or an employee, an employer, a police officer, a postal worker and so on. Because we don't act the same way with all these people. I'll share a rude joke with my husband but I wouldn't share it with the post lady or the person serving me at the shops. Being that often your main character may have similarities with you, the writer, means that you can use a lot of your own abilities to create relationships and apply them on the page. A template, as it were. But we do have to remember that the family tree serves as more than just a way to see who connects with whom. It shows us that even though they are related, they have vastly different personalities, so behave quite differently from the next person. This reminds me of an exercise I used to do when I was little. I used to play and colour in pictures of dolls. I'd colour in the dress of one of them red and another blue. They may have identical features, that is their head, their hair, a body and limbs, but using coloured crayons I was able to individualise each one to make them look different. That is essentially what we're doing with characters on the page. They all look like human beings, but they're all dressed differently and all have different hair colour and eye colour, all have contrasting characteristics that may or may not harmonise with another character. 
and that's where conflict can occur. And we all love a bit of conflict on the page, don't we? Conflict between characters can be as petty as a child wanting something it doesn't have to the unfair loss of a job and so lifestyle. Conflict can be jealousy, criminal activity, blackmail, love, happiness. Just about anything can create conflict. And when we see conflict on the page, that's when we see how our characters perform and how their family tree has influenced that and has a hand in how they behave and react. Now to skill sets. I believe that whatever type of person my character is, how they decide to get themselves out of a tricky situation may partly be to do with how they've been raised and what they see as normal, in inverted commas, as well as having a can-do attitude. For instance, to think about how I'll create this character, I tend to put myself through a thinking process by asking lots of questions that might connect back to the family tree and skills they learned when growing up. Of course, this is a generalisation, but there is some truth to it. For instance, as a child and a teen, I was urged not to mope about something, that if I could do something about my challenge, then I ought to. Being proactive meant I was in control of the situation and was using my energy for, hopefully, a positive outcome. This was illustrated by a situation in my 20s. I was writing, but I had nobody around me who appreciated what I was doing because they didn't write and didn't feel the things I did. I needed to be with other people like me, so I went to my library to find out if there was a writing group nearby, at least someone else in the town who enjoyed creative writing as much as I did. It turned out there was nothing like that in my town at all, and it was a fairly new town. So I stuck an advert in the local paper for others who'd like to help me create a group. I had four other people show up and within our first year of being together we'd created an anthology of short stories in aid of a children's charity. I've done the same thing twice over the years in the locations I've lived. As a brainstorming stroke fact-gathering exercise, let's say I want my female lead strong-minded and happy to get her hands dirty. Perhaps her role will be to escape from a room or a building. Either she needs to have a brain that knows that stuff already, which can read as pretty convenient, or perhaps when she was a child, she spent some time camping with a club, so understands how to think logically, or her family were pretty hands-on. Maybe she has a police officer for a parent, or a sibling or a cousin in the military. Maybe she spent a lot of time playing with friends in escape rooms. All these ideas may go towards her having the wherewithal to know what to do, and when to do it, and have the knowledge of those skills and the ability to carry them out convincingly on the page. I really don't like reading a story where the lead character has no idea of any, anything, then suddenly they're able to do everything. It doesn't happen in real life, so why would it be believable in a story? So, showing skill sets and using them with conviction within a novel is a big deal. The majority of skill sets will likely di dictate where the story is heading and may also play a part in the choice of genre or subgenre. So that's family tree and skill sets. And I did give a teaser, didn't I? Accents. Accents come into this when we look at a location for the setting of the story. You don't necessarily need a character to have that accent that connects to a location. A fish out of water can be just as appealing and sometimes even more so. It comes as no surprise that to regular listeners that I have three favourite go-to accents. They're from parts of America, Scottish and Australian. Accents can play a part in stories if, for instance, a character is taken out of their comfort zone and plunked in a different setting miles away. Accents can be used in the story by way of having mispronunciations, 
word misuse, regional as well as internationally, or a twang in the voice that may be deemed as sexy or irritating, and so on. Accents can even be fun to play with between the writer and the character, and that's where I get most of my kicks. In my experience, accents can be a large part of the character building process. How the character delivers the words can make a big difference too, as well as body language, tone of voice, syllable stress, the words deliberately chosen or accidentally said, and overall intent of their meaning. All of this goes into creating a character. So there you have it, a little bit of a soundbite today. I've touched on the family tree, skill sets and even included accents. I hope this has been an entertaining episode of The Versatile Writer for you. It was certainly a fun one to create. I hope you can join me again for the next episode. But until then, thanks for listening to The Versatile Writer on the topic of characters, part two.